We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. The highlight of the weekend, though, was... Uh, fading cane on a Sunday. And, oh yeah, uh, Sunday. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it worked. Yeah. Finally. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire.com. Joined by Jordan Cooper to discuss some DFS happenings from the first weekend of the Premier League. Uh, we're going to go through our, the cash lineups that we teased on Thursday. Um, Jordan and I did a head-to-head against each other to kind of talk about uh, where we went and why we did it. And uh, we'll go through those. Jordan, um I beat you this week, and I don't expect it to happen all the time. But it was nice, at least for me, to let you to have you let me win right away. No, well, you beat me with a lineup that I could have played. <laughs> <laughs> you beat—I mean, I, I once the uh, lock happened. I looked at your lineup and said, "Yeah, yeah." I, I was looking at that exact way because uh, for for those that uh, I mean, obviously, because we don't do the lineups uh, on the the late week mm-hmm. edition of the podcast because I don't want people using my lineup. Yep. Uh, that. Uh, we, pre- I mean, it was a two v two. Yes. I mean, I mean, and, and this is the way uh, amongst sharper uh, DFS soccer players, you'll see that in double ups a lot. You'll, you know, that's that's where it, you're always met by by conspiracy theories, right? Of of you know people colluding. It's like like me and you never talk to each other, and there's plenty of times where it's like, oh, a lot of people play this one guy. They must know. They just they they, they know better, <laughs> type of thing. Uh, but. Uh, to go through our, our our cash lineups, which I did well, I got seventy three points, and I won most of my head to heads except for the free one against yours, which <laughs> was, I'm fine. I'll I'll lose the free one. That's yeah, good. exactly, exactly. It was kind of a weird weekend because um, like seventy three is not that high of a score for the slate that we had, but sometimes that's all you need. Um, we also yeah, if, if, if you got if you got sixty points, you should have you should have cashed in double ups and fifty fifty. Right. Um, we, 
I don't think there was anyone you and I played that we didn't discuss on the podcast last week. Like, it's not like we, things drastically changed uh, for the, you know, come Saturday, we kind of preface everything kind of in any podcast. We talk about lineups that obviously, you know, if a cheap center back or cheap uh, fullback comes out, we saw that a little bit on, on Sunday, although Kyle Walker's Peter wasn't like a total shock, but it didn't seem like there were that many lineup uh, issues come Saturday. And that kind of some of the situations that we had discussed, um, came to fruition. And so that's what made some of these plays kind of much easier, made the cash lineup kind of didn't, I didn't have to scramble as much. It felt like come Saturday morning. No, there was one major thing that happened. I think it screwed everyone, uh, which I didn't get screwed by, uh, was, uh, was Boga. Fair, fair. I think that was, the, that was the one main thing. Like every, you could see the Simon Francis for 2,900 at defense. Mm-hmm. So just to go through our lineups, yeah. we said it's a two B two, like, uh, my lineup was uh, Pickford and goal, uh, Cedric and Simon Francis. Cedric fifty six hundred, Simon Francis twenty nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing as a fullback for Bournemouth. Uh, then our midfield, uh, the main midfield spots were Carroll for Swansea and Punchin for Crystal Palace. Uh, then we both had uh, KDB and Aguero uh, in our forward slots, mm-hmm. and uh, I had Cesc Fabregas. And you had Willie on, but you played Asmir Begovic as your goalkeeper. Right. So you went down there to pay a little up for Willie on, mm-hmm. and I went up at goalkeeper and played uh, and paid down a little bit for Sesk. And uh, uh, essentially, the reason why I had your lineup also was that uh, the Chelsea situation. Yet Sesk is when he's out there is going to take the majority of set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, William may take some free kicks, and he may take some right-sided corners. Yep. But Sesk pretty much takes them all. The problem is, is in open play, he's less valuable because he plays deeper. Right. Uh, and then once you put Boga in, uh, Boga's still only going to be, like, the fourth or fifth option, attacking-wise, no matter what. So it actually probably, like, it's when William's in and Hazard's on the other side, William sees the ball less because Hazard takes the ball. Right. I don't Boga may be talented, uh, but I think they were going to lean more on Willian. But still, since I play, sometimes it's a leak of I play too conservatively. It's like I'd rather play the guy that I know is going to be taking a lot of set pieces for a side that should be favored uh, than go for Willian, who, from a EV perspective, probabilistically has more upside. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he'll. He has a decent floor, though. So, I mean, he has a floor of like a nice five, six point floor regardless, but he could also put up a 20. But I think Sesk, albeit in a not when Cahill gets sent off and everything changes, uh, has more of an opportunity to like guarantee me eight to 10 points. Right. So I went that way and then went with the favored I for the home goalkeeper yep. going like I looked at I looked at Begovic. I had him plenty in GPP and he got nine points, yeah. even though he lost. Uh, but. I saw Stokes' attack is horrible. Uh, instead of paying all the way up for like Courtois, mm-hmm. uh, I I mean I saw I, I'd rather take C- I'd rather take Cedric over Aspilicueta. Yep. Because uh, Cedric, you know what you're getting. Yep. I mean, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people, you know, I could have went down from Cedric to Aspilicueta and then played Courtois and then left a little money over. Uh, but I'm like, I'll take Pickford. Stokes will shoot at least a little. Uh, bet, good chance for a winning clean sheet, but then it allows me to get every. It it also allows me to pay up because like, if I went up to Courtois, I would have had to gone down from Aguero, or if I went to like Ederson or something or or Forster. Yep. Uh, uh, the reason I also for people that know me, it's like you picked Sergio Aguero in cash. <laughs> like he's 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 a goal dependent forward compared to Jesus, which who has more peripheral opportunities. Uh, the two reasons I did that is one, Aguero does have the highest goal scoring odds. Yep. And secondly, because they were the late game, like I already determined that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going more on Man City scoring goals than Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was my attitude from the beginning because there's so many different options. So it's like either you take Sesk or Willian or even both. Hey, I wouldn't have blamed you if you took both of them. Uh, I, I would have. I wanted to, well, I'm just <laughs> saying I, at least I could understand somewhat. Yep. Uh, but I wanted to take Kevin De Bruyne, and 
it would have been fine to just play him. Uh, but with the way that Simon Francis is so cheap and then you're playing cheap midfielders, it's like, well, I have the money. Right. So I'm just going to I'm going to pay up for Aguero. But what also that does is uh, gives me room to pivot and or block, especially in head to heads uh, going up or down. Like if I pay up for if I uh, pay ninety eight hundred for Jesus, I can't go up to Aguero because Aguero is ten two. Right. So worst case scenario, I'll put in Aguero. And if I if I want to. If I want to be, if, if I do extremely well, in, if I did extremely well in cash, I mean, I may have like gone down to Jesus and just, okay, I'm going to play the safe, quote, safer guy. Uh, and if I need to, or, or block with Aguero, I mean, that's what I did in, in five head-to-head matches. I went through, and only at like the $5 level and above. I don't go down to my ones. My ones, I just leave alone. Because mm-hmm. it's just too many, because I just post them all and randomly get matched. Uh, but in the, especially like in the hundreds that I play, the 50s, the 20s, the hundreds, I go through and I count up to my opponent's salary and they have one spot left. Most likely, I would think it's Kevin De Bruyne. And a lot of times, you know, you see it's 10 4 yep. or 10 5. And it's like, okay, I know who that is. But sometimes you see it's not, it's 9 9. And you're like, I know that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero. And I'm up by three. And they're playing two spots. They're playing one spot. It's like, well, the one spot could only be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm up, or even if I was down, it's like, let me at least block there. I'm going to block so that now it's just me and KDB and I just need to make up three points. Right. Or if they have two spots, I could see it's like, oh, they have 20,700. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's KDB and Aguero. Mm-hmm. And if they, hey, if they're pay, paying attention, if they want to try moving, we could play that mind game if you want. But most of, a lot of times I was playing against guys that, it added up to less than 20,000. It added up to 20. It added up to, to what KDB and Jesus was. Right. So I just, in those specific head to heads, uh, just switched. I'm just like, I don't, it, to me, it, as, as I'm already ahead. As long as I, I have their exact two players, I can't lose. Right. So that's what I did. So I locked that up. And then the other ones, when I was down by, you know, 20 points to someone that had, you know, like they played Mounier in cash or something. <sighs> Uh, which I had, I, I, I saw in like one or two of my head to heads in the five and $10 range. Uh, uh, and I knew that they had KDB also. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I'm down, you know, by more than 20 points because I'm missing two goals. Uh, I went and played Jesus and Aguero mm-hmm. instead of KDB, knowing that they're probably playing KDB. It's like, I want to expose myself. I need to make up two goals. Right. Yes, KDB can't score also, but more likely Jesus and Aguero is the one that scores the goals. Mm-hmm. So let me try to get the two goals there. So that's kind of the thought process in everything. And uh, you ended up with the Willie on assist, and I ended up with Sess getting sent off. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Willie on Fabregas uh, decision, like it was pretty much the only thing I thought about for the last 10 minutes before lock that I had. I mean, obviously, I had money for Willian, um, and it was, do I pay down for Fabregas? And if I do that, where do I spend up? And the, the only answer was really a goalkeeper. And I basically went back and forth, and it came down to, I think their floors are fairly similar. And because of what Willian does in open play, I went that way. Uh, as soon as lock happened, I felt like I made a mistake. I think that's kind of a standard feeling at lock anyway. Yeah, but by ownership, you didn't. If you look exactly. at ownership, more people went went willing on. In cash especially, you you don't want to be low-owned. Right, right. Right? It, tur- it actually turned out that Cedric was lower-owned. Yes. That I was surprised that people didn't play Cedric. Yep. And they paid down in both defender spots. Mm. Yeah, the the Simon Francis one, and we kind of talked about it. Well, not kind of. We talked about it on Thursday that Francis's value becomes much higher if Jermaine Defoe doesn't start because right. if Benicafobi is there, that's a guy you send crosses into, and as soon as a phobie was starting, Francis was locked. Like if Defoe had started, I probably would have wavered a little bit. Though at twenty nine hundred, that's that's tough to pass up for a fullback. But that was a lock at that point. Tom Carroll was a lock. Before the slate, he was not great. Well, no, but... no, no, no. Hold on. Tom Carroll is not a bad right. player. As we said, for 3300 if you only get four points out of him, he made value. No, well, that's what I mean. He was a lock for me. 
Right, but yeah, the yeah. but the thing was that from a match flow perspective, yep. and we see this in a and this this is why match flow matters because it did matter on this slate, uh, and it matters on every slate. Uh, Tom Carroll only got four points because Southampton had like eighty percent yeah. like <laughs> right. Sam, Southampton was attacking all the time. Swansea barely had the ball. Right. So there was no set piece opportunities. There was no attacking opportunities. They were playing defense most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match flow changes in the obviously in the Chelsea game. Oh yeah. Once they go, once Carol, uh, once uh, Kale gets sent off, uh, and but also what came true with the the West Brom Bournemouth game. West Brom scores first, and that all the fantasy value just gets just out of the game. Yep. That's it. Yep. You're done. Like if you had Brunt, if you had if you got the center back goal from Agassi. Like you were, you were done at that point. If anything, Bournemouth may actually cross a little bit more, but then Defoe comes in for a phobie, so you're done with that. Uh, but the Bournemouth, if Bournemouth would have scored first, that game would have been so much different. But the big thing was a lot of people going on Chelsea, mm-hmm. and why I mentioned why Boga was the, the bogeyman. Uh, I think people fall into the trap, and this is just my opinion, and I I, I agree with my own opinion uh, that playing. Uh, the everyone should have known that he's not playing ninety mm-hmm. in that spot. Right. Uh, playing the 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 he's not a young kid really because he's technically been on the club since two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, just been loaned out a million times. Uh, like I said before, he's going to be the fifth option on attack. Like it's he's not going to be a central piece of their attack when you have everyone else out on the pitch. Combine that with. And probably not playing 90, especially with Murata sitting on the bench. Yep. Uh, yes, he's only 3,800, but you're really drawing to a goal. Yep. You're not drawing to crosses and assists and all that type of stuff. He's going to show up at the far post after Miss Batshuayi <laughs> and get it in. And for 3,800 in GPP, that's a fine play, just like Tammy Abraham. Yep. Like, it's so little, but... Uh, when you're sitting there with a $3,300 Carol, you have a 4,700 punch-in on a favored. I know they lost three nothing, but uh, the key thing for punch-in's value came from uh, uh, whatever his name is. Milivo Jevic. Yeah, him playing as a defensive midfielder and not as a third center back. Yep, that's exactly what we talked about too. Right, and uh, I. Also, from a match flow perspective, you saw Patrick Van Anholt, and I know he's your favorite guy, Love him. Andrew. Love him. Uh, which we're both in agreement on. He's <laughs> extremely overrated. Uh, uh, PVA's point total of 14 was match flow based also. Yes. Like P- PVA, I look, I mean, I didn't I didn't play any of them. Uh, although you have Benteke up top and they're gonna cross. Yep. Uh, but the Fact of the matter is, is that when Crystal Palace goes down two goals and Benteke's up top, like all it's gonna, it's gonna that Townsend comes in at the forty sixth, you know, at the half. Yeah. Once Townsend comes in, it's like okay, it's Cross City now because they're down by two. If yeah. Crystal Palace scores in the first half, Patrick Van Anholt doesn't get forward anymore. Yeah, I made the joke on Twitter that when they went down two, that Townsend was gonna have like fifteen crosses in thirty eight minutes because. That's what they do. That's the only way they know how to get back in games. Right. And, I mean, that's what most teams do. I mean, I shouldn't just point out Crystal Palace, but yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not saying that Patrick Van Anholt was a bad defender cash sure. play. Uh, just th- going through my happened. head. Right. But it wouldn't. Right. I'm I'm going through in my head going. Uh, I'd rather take a fifty six hundred dollar Cedric. Yes. Uh, that I know that what what he's going to do, than take a. Patrick Van Anholt, who, if you weren't taking into account match flow, would go, well, he's playing in a 3-4-3 as a winger or whatever like that. But it's not like he's 3,200 or something. Right, right. right? If anything, I would consider Joel Ward (laughs) because he was cheaper. And I did look into him as well. Uh, But He had a decent game. Right. But PBA is, 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 has higher ups, I think has higher upside than Cedric. But he also could show up with two points. I mean, like that. It's one. It's one or the other, and I didn't think Palace would keep a clean sheet. I mean, maybe they'd win two one, but Palace is not necessarily known for their great central defense, especially when half of their players are injured <laughs> back there. Uh, but so it's not. It, it's not a, an outcome based. Like that's what. That's one thing that 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 we'll always say about 
uh, especially daily fantasy, is that don't look at the results and go, what what did I do wrong? Look at uh, did what you predicted to happen. Did it happen? So if you play Patrick Van Anholt and go, yeah, well, every game he's going to get 14 points. Well, then you don't understand why he got 14 points. You don't understand why uh, Carroll only got four points because you say, oh, he was a bad play. It's like, well, Southampton had the ball the whole time and didn't even score. And it turns out a lot of their players, Tottich did well, got, what, 18 points. Mm-hmm. Ward Prowse had 11. Yep. I know I played Ward Prowse uh, in GPP. I was considering him as a cash play also, but I couldn't get – if I went with him, like I, I, I didn't have midfield spots. Like I would have to go up from Carroll yep. to Ward Prowse or from Punchin to Ward Prowse, and then I'm stuck in no man's 7K land where I didn't like anyone. Yeah, I think I was Ask. like 200 or 300 short to, to go – uh, Ward Prowse and Fabregas instead of Punchin and Willian. And right. the Tadic thing always makes me hesitate on Ward Prowse, not to actually take Tadic, but. Um, but if you looked at the formation, not saying that they necessarily keep to the formation, Ward Prowse was actually playing in the wide position right. where like a Buffal would be. Exactly. So I thought that from open play, he has more value, not mm. just if he splits or takes set pieces. Right. Right. But that's why I consider it a GPP play. There was so much uncertainty there. That's like I, I looked at Crystal Palace's lineup and I go, well, Punchin is obviously taking all the set pieces. There's no one out there that, that like Townsend didn't start. So it's right. not he's not stealing them. Yeah. Mila Milicevic would <laughs> you know, take penalties and maybe a direct free kick. But Punchin is going to also have liberty going forward in the center because he has a defensive midfielder with him. Uh, and then Carroll's just so cheap for what he was that. You know, throw him in. But I mean, you could, if you went up from Carroll and went to uh, 500 more for Boga, and then, you know, then went down to Bega, you know, the same type of lineup, or go from Soares down to Aspilicueta, it's like, yes, Boga is a cheap play, but just understand that it doesn't matter that he's on the favored, high favored team. Right. He's like the fifth attacking option. <laughs> so, like, how much, and he's coming out at 60, 70. So, that's why, same with the results. Like, Matt, let's say he scored, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Let's say Boga scored in the before he came out 13 minutes in, whatever, because right. Cahill got sent off. Uh, I'd still say it was a bad play. Like, it's not to me, it's not a results thing. It's just understand that you that you you didn't play a full a floor player. You you played. Uh, I'm gonna throw a I'm gonna throw a, a dart. Uh, and hey, if Tom Carroll wasn't there, if Sigurdsson was playing like we wouldn't have even had a $3,300 midfield option. And then that, uh, that's not, that's not true. We had Ruben well, Loftus-Cheek. Uh, true, but he's in the same position. See, I viewed uh, him at the same way I viewed Boga. Right. Well, he's, you didn't think well, he'd play 90? Well, it has nothing to do with playing 90. It just has to do with, well, I think Townsend would come on yeah. for him. It turns out it didn't, uh, but he's still like the fourth option attack. Right. Like, it's not Zaha. It's not Benteke. It's not Punchin. Like, he's the fourth guy. Right, right. And Boga's in the same spot. So I consider it to be similar. But Boga is at least in the, I mean, a, a team that's minus 320 favorites at home. You know, it's Chelsea. So I get that. But that at least is another. True, that is another option as well. But I'm just saying there was no, if Carroll wasn't in, if there was, you know, there was there was no floor guy. There was no cheap $3,000 guy that, you know, was going to have that floor when there isn't. And you wanted to take a flyer like that in cash to me, that at least you have more of an argument for it, especially if you're going to load up in other spots that aren't goal dependent. Yeah. The, the one that got me and I can't decide if it would have happened, obviously the, the red card in the Chelsea game changed everything, but uh, Boga starting instead of Morata made me more comfortable with Batshuayi playing close to 90 because I thought, well, clearly they would bring Morata in for Boga and try because they had played Morata and Batshuayi together for a little bit. So I actually was more comfortable with Batshuayi's 90 minutes to the point where I was considering him in cash. Like I thought he's the lead forward for Chelsea. They should win comfortably. It was basically Batshuayi or Aguero and Ultimately, thinking of it, Aguero's goal sods were so much better. Chelsea had, you know, score, 
you know, they're not so dependent on their center forward to score. So, you know, Batshuayi probably wasn't going to have a huge game. Not that I, you know, you're playing guys in cash for huge games, but that's how I read that situation when Boga was there. Like, no way Boga was playing 90, but it also meant that maybe Batshuayi would. Well, I thought the same thing, and that's why I played Batshuayi in a bunch of GPP yeah, lines that went down in flames. Right, but he, to <laughs> right. me, to me, he's never a, he's, he wasn't a cash consideration at all. I mean, I did did not consider him whatsoever for cash because if he's a cash consideration, in the same way that Sesk and Willian are cash consideration, and this is I'm describing the downfall of a lot of people's cash lineups is that you're sitting there with four Chelsea players, right? Like it, like. To me, Man City, like if you, Man City, if you just played one guy, that makes sense in cash. Even if it's just Aguero, hey, if you don't even play KDB and you say I, I can only play one uh, Man City player, are you are you confident in playing Aguero? Like on another on another slate where you don't have that type of situation, like the highest goal scoring odds guy for the highest attacking team, even though they're on the road. They're playing against a recently promoted side. It's right. like it's basically I, a home game, right? But I I feel more comfortable that if I if I had to choose between the two, who am I more sure is going to score a goal? I'm going to pick Aguero over Batshuayi any right. time. <laughs> so so to to me, uh, and Man City doesn't have many cash viable players. I mean, especially with the fullbacks, you don't know what's going to. I mean, it could turn out that Walker and Danilo or Mendy could turn into cash plays, but we don't. If we yeah, go by Pep's system last year, they they go down to nothing because they play too centrally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you take a look at Chelsea, and you have like before Batshuayi, the cash. There's three more cash options: there's Cesc, there's Willian, and there's Aspilicueta. And hey, you could even say Courtois. Mm-hmm. And then now you're staking on a six-game slate, five out of the eight spots on one team. Like unless you think they're going to score five goals, like I don't I don't see where. You're putting too much, too many eggs in one basket. Right. That if I'm going to take anyone out, it's going to be the goal-dependent guy, and I'll and I'd rather get a, a, I'd rather have played, uh, you know, a, any other. I, I mean, I, I'd rather throw in a Chris Brunt, yep, to get in, or a Ward Prowse, or a, even a Tadich. I'd rather for if if it was the same price, Tadich or Batshuayi, I would have played Tadich. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right. I mean, like, like it still comes down to if Chelsea had no cash options and it's just like, well, no one has a floor, uh, but they have, they're going to score goals, then fine. I'm perfectly fine. I, I, I do that in cash. That's why I had Aguero in as well. Right. Like so I look at a, I look at that that price, even though I am playing Kevin De Bruyne as well. But I'm like, I'm paying down in different places or whatever. It's like, do I go like I don't go down from Aguero to Manolo Gabbiadini in cash so I could go up from Simon Francis to like Leighton Baines. Right. Or whatever. Like to me, it's like Gabbiadini is as goal dependent as Aguero, but Aguero much more likely to score. <laughs> right. Like, and there's no floor. Like I, you look at Zaha and it's like, well, if I take Zaha who does have somewhat of a floor uh, for the forward spot, but I'm also playing punch it. So now I'm putting too much salary into crystal palace of all teams. <laughs> Right, so then Home if against I, a uh, promoted side, though it's not horrific. Yeah, but it's Palace, it's Palace. Yes, of course. Right, but if I let's say I wasn't playing Punchin, then Zaha becomes like that. That's why the to me the construction matters. That you it you just like in soccer, stacking is not necessarily really the the best of options. Mm-hmm. And I see I saw so many lineups with four Chelsea guys in on a six game slate, not on a two game, not on a three game. Uh, and I go, it's like, yeah, that one Cahill red card killed your cash lineup. Right. Because it changed the match flow and you, and you, and you're done. Yeah. Cause you even... have Boga, he's coming out. Courtois is not going to pay up his six K salary. It turned out that Aspilicueta and Willian were, were fine, but you're playing five of them. So other people have Tadic and Brunt and Punchin who badly's made value, uh, and, and, and have Aguero. I mean, like. They're going to score enough points that, hey, unless Chelsea came back and scored. I mean, look, Luis scored. So it's not like you even got – it's like you played Batshuayi. He came out at 60 minutes. It's like now 8,400 just went out the window. Yeah. My only hesitation, uh, which came after, 
uh, with Punchin. And obviously the salary wasn't that high that it was a lineup killer, but Patrick Van Anholt started taking corners. Like seven of his 10 corners, uh, seven of his 10 crosses were corners. So it's not even like they really opened up or he opened up in open play when they fell behind. It was more they were winning corners and he happened to be taking them, which obviously something, you know, we'll have to figure out for next week. But um, that's the one that, that got me. And the other con- one that I had was, you know, when I thought about playing Cedric, you obviously can also consider Ryan Bertrand, who plays on the other side. Bertrand took a few corners, but he doesn't cross that much in open play, not nearly as much as, as Cedric. Like, Cedric never takes corners, and yet is still one of the highest-crossing guys. It's like he, he provides this safety well beyond other guys because, you know, if some guys lose corners, they lose all of their crosses pretty much. And so that's why Cedric becomes even like an, an, an easier cash play for me because I know the crosses are going to be there as opposed to Bertrand who is so hit or miss. And I didn't need the thousand bucks or whatever it was. anyway. Right. Well, the, sa- the same thing happened with Leighton Baines. Like I played none Leighton Baines because there's no Lukaku up top. Right. Like to, to, to me, actually the thing that tilted a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Well, I played him in GPP because that uncertainty. Once I put everything together, it's like, like I don't want that 7K range of uncertainty. That right. all those guys are uncertain. It's like I'll pay down for Simon Francis. I'll go up to Aguero, and I'll hey, if I'm going to rely on anyone to score a goal and to make value, you know, with something, I'm get double digit points. I'll live and die by Aguero. If I did that every week, I'll probably win. If you, if, if Sandro takes 14 corners <coughs> and comes across with 16 to 18 points. In cash, I got him in a GPP, so I'd be happy with that anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Sandra comes in and takes all uh, takes short corners to Rooney, and then Rooney comes in and takes corners, and then on top of that, Rooney scores right. on a header, on a header, on a, on a header of all things. <laughs> I was both. Uh, I was at first surprised at how many people had Rooney, and then, of course, people he scores, donkeys. and I get angry about people it. Are, people are donkeys. That's why. Well, it's. And of course, the peb, half the people listening probably played Rooney, and I'm just I just insulted them. But if you knew, if you knew going in that he was going to be taking corners, okay, that would make some type of sense. But I mean, if you watch all preseason, like that was the killer is that he didn't ice. he took them in the first their first preseason game and then never again. And yet, all of a sudden, here we are, Premier League. He's taking them. Sandro's not. Sandro had been taking them. Morales, of course, comes in at some point. He takes a few, which only takes more away from Sandro. But um, my hope is that there are some people who think Wayne Rooney is a great cash play now and just play him all the time. Well, if he's going to take all corner king, if he's going to take all set pieces, then he's not that bad. Well, he didn't take them all. But I mean, at, at least that, but, at least there's some type of play. It depends yes. on the slate. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, he's a must play type of range, but... There are some slates where you look around and you like, like, I mean, take a look at Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People played the, the Friday interleague or the Friday Saturday. It's like, you know, you don't see Alexis Sanchez in. You have all this money to spend. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you could you could put basically play whoever you want. And you go, well, obviously, I'm going to take Mesut Ozil. Yep. And then Granite Jaka comes in yep. and takes everything. Everything. <laughs> which which it it's not outlandish because when Ozil has been out. Jaka would take the set pieces, but we never expected we, we, we expect Ozil to take all the set pieces and half of them be short. <laughs> like I could deal with that. I could deal with like, ah, uh, come on more short, you know, crap. Uh, but then, but for Ozil to completely seed them and just go, okay, Jaka is going to get two assists as well as all the set pieces for like 3,500 or something, uh, which I could see if he played both of them together. Uh, but it's one of those types of situations. That's why like the first week, like, it's hard to tell. You can only go by preseason. So when right. you go by preseason, you go, well, if you're going to take a 7K forward spot guy, like, I'm going to take Sandro over Rooney. I'm going to take Sandro over Gabby Adini. Sure, sure. I'm going to take I'm gonna, I'll take Sandro over Zaha, because, well, Zaha's even more. It was, like, what, 8,200 or something. Uh, so to me, if you played Sandro in cash, it's one of those other situations where I I couldn't blame you. I just think that construction left you with with too nothing of a Man, a Man City exposure, because once you pay seven K for a forward in that spot, like 
you once you and then you pay for Willian or Sesk, and then you pay for KDB. It's like then you have nothing. Then you have to then then you're punting everywhere. Yeah, I had a long thought about Sandro and kind of there was some early regret about not taking him. The difficulty is that I wanted De Bruyne and I wanted Aguero. And so just like you said, you're in that 7,000 range. So I was basically going to choose Sandro over Willian. And that left me with no Chelsea exposure. And it's like, I can't have nobody from the team with the highest win odds. Like there was going to be, not that Willian was going to score 50 points, but like I, I needed someone from there. I had decided not to go with Batshuayi despite thinking he was playing 90. And it was basically Willian or Fabregas. And ultimately I said, you know, I was like, I guess I just have to hope that Everton doesn't do a lot and that Sandro doesn't score because he was, I think, the one that I just felt like I, I may have really regretted not having. And thankfully Rain, Wayne Rooney fixed that for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how much... Did you think about playing Sam Vokes? Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> we um we had uh, some people asking us on Twitter to talk about the GPP winning lineups, and we discussed them a little beforehand. And I, you explain this better than me, but you should. What was your response to why you should or shouldn't basically study GPP winning lineups? Because the GPP winning lineups will always have the outliers, and you can't predict outliers. Mm-hmm. And if you, it's it's a it's a percentage outcome for uh, the return that you get that you would never replicate. Because if you did that every week, you'd end up losing. You win a GPP, you do that for the next five years, and actually have negative ROI. Right. Like if you're gonna come in and go, uh, I'm gonna take two center backs that happen to score, and uh, uh, the underdog forward of an away team with the I mean that's never going to see the ball most like that 99% of the time it's like well what are you going to learn from it like right. you know, just, <laughs> and I think that the thing to to take out of uh uh GPP winning lineups is that a lot of things change when a guy scores more than one goal mm-hmm. because it you almost it, it happens in baseball also the guy that hits two home runs like, you can't make that up elsewhere. Like, a goal you can make up. That's kind of the point of playing floor players. Like, you you could... James Ward-Prowse made a goal's worth of value. So, having him in versus a guy that that, that scores one goal uh, versus having Higazi in. <laughs> anyone that played Higazi, you would equal. Unless they had James Ward-Prowse as well. But you, that, or Tadic. Tadic didn't score, but he scored one and a half goals worth mm-hmm. uh or if you had uh i mean if you had moon i mean mounier scored two also right so most likely you're not going to learn anything by well play volks and mounier in the same lineup <laughs> that's a that's a complete outlaw you can do that that's completely contrarian but you just don't get paid enough in soccer to go that far off the radar to to do that but hey you saw Volk score two goals, and you're sitting there with Mounier, and Mounier scores two goals. You're probably in position to win a GPP anyway, because mm-hmm. you had a guy that scored two goals, so you now could block any Volk's guys, and hopefully you uh, beat the Volk's people with your Mounier brace and a bunch of other guys. Ugh. Right, like Hagazi, or like if you had Van Hanholt, it didn't matter that you didn't have Hagazi. Right. Right. Do you find that people play more two center backs for the upside? No, I think it's punting. It's like you could just right. it's a it's a it's a punt goal. You have to I've said this before in the podcast. You have to know whether or not you were lucky or good. <laughs> like uh well, like, like David Luiz had fifteen points, twelve of which yep. came from his goal when they were out of the game anyway. Like Yeah, but Luis you, you Luis you I mean, but Luis actually is an expensive center back. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Luis, I can understand playing a center back on a very heavily favored team because they can score on a set piece and are drawing very live to the clean sheet bonus. Yep. So playing an Otamendi, I, I, that is a GPP play because they're going to be lower owned. I, I, I complete agreement. Uh, and truthfully, uh, playing a West Brom center back is yeah. probably not that bad of a GPP play because they play for West Brom. Right. If right, if you're playing, if you're looking for center backs, the West Brom ones are probably the best ones to target. 
that that have that that I mean they're not floor guys. No, no, no. Right, but if, if you're gonna say, hey, a center back's got you, know, like you know, you it's like okay, let me put in Gareth McCauley. Right, like he's gonna show up with four goals this year. You don't know when. Right, but <laughs> if if anyone's gonna score a center back goal, it's probably gonna be West Brom. Right, uh, but you wouldn't do that like if they were playing away at Liverpool. Like like to me, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, it would be better to play a Liverpool center back. That, at least, okay, that makes some sense. But just the concept of us getting, putting in a center back, uh, you're either doing that in GPP uh, for goal upside or completely to save salary so you could load up on higher goal upside players. Like, you're, like if, you, if you play Higazi and you're just like, well, he, I could completely understand if, uh, you played him because you filled your entire lineup in and you only had that amount left and you just tapped on the first available green check mark center back <laughs> and just said, I'm just hoping for three points. Uh, that makes perfect sense because you're doing that. to You, you want to play Aguero, Batshuayi, and Gabbiadini together. Perfectly fine. You're doing that not to get any points from him. You're doing that. So you're hopefully grabbing, you know, three guys that score, you know, five or six goals combined. Together and if your center back scores, that's hey, that's icing on the cake. Right, Higazi was two hundred dollars more than Simon Francis. I'm not saying there was a smart move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I can understand. I can. It, it's the process that I'm talking about. It has sure. nothing to do with like the situation. Most of the time, uh, comes that you never find a fullback that's only twenty nine hundred for sure. Sure. The backup fullback is still you still get it's thirty six hundred and they're the Billy Jones oh. type of thing. Uh, twenty nine hundred is a center back price because he normally is a center back. Right. Uh, so let's say you only had thirty one hundred left and Francis wasn't playing as a fullback. Then what you're 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 pointing out the option specifically for the past week. I'm just saying the concept in general of like I understand. But if if you're you're punting at center back only to play like weird guys everywhere else. It's like you're, you're expecting a 0.2% outcome, right? Like that to me, that's not a good process only because when so many things have to happen that are so outlier, like you have to like it happened. Okay. Chelsea would concede three goals at Stanford bridge. Uh, Crystal palace at home would concede three goals to a newly promoted side and then let's say on top of that, you added on uh, uh, you're going to play Solomon Rondon because you think that I mean, like, it's just too much. I could see going one way. Hey, I could even see if you played in, in GPP Sam Vokes, but you wouldn't play. You'd play him alongside like three man city players, Dusan Tadic and like Simon Francis and a, and a, and Pickford, you know, like everything else would be chalk. And he'd be like, I'm going to show up with a 2% Sam Vokes goal. Is it a, do I consider it that good of a play? No, but at least to me, it's understandable. It's like, it's the same type of thing as, as picking out Boga, picking out Abraham. We were touting those types of plays because they seem to have more of a chance than a Sam Vokes. But the concept of, let me find a cheaper, low-owned goal scorer uh, especially if they're playing against a good, you know, like the the, the Vokes ownership is going to be low, 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 low. But if Burnley was at home against Brighton, Vokes doesn't, you know, Vokes comes an actual option at forward. It just so happens, but he would be more owned. So in that situation, maybe Vokes is 10% owned. I'm not Rather sure. Owned. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have ever ended up at Vokes. I got, I understood oh, no, Mooney. No, I, 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 I wouldn't either, but the concept of, Finding and going, I'm going to pay down it forward. And like that, when you said before about don't break down the GPP winning lineup, this is what I'm talking about of, well, understand the concept. And while specifically Vokes on this past slate, I wouldn't have considered to be a high uh, mm-hmm. percentage play, but the putting in a cheap forward from an underdog team, like you said, Mounier, same position, just a slightly better matchup. But that's what you're looking for in GPP. Sure. I, I guess it was more, I think I would have stopped at Mounier before going all the way. Like, I'm not sure I would have taken the forward for the biggest underdog. I understand taking one from an underdog, 
but in soccer, you usually don't need to go to 0.9% ownership. The other thing about this one is that with both, it, it applies to Vokes and Mounier. If they only score once, you don't win. And so you right. actually needed both. You like the odds of them of them scoring are low, and now you're actually asking them to score twice. I mean, it's well, no, no, you could you could score and win as long as it's a low scoring slate. Or I meant, I meant on I meant specifically on Saturday's slate. You needed both goals to make those pay off. Not necessarily. Not, name other players that scored a lot of points. There, it look, I got a 73 in cash and did extremely well. Yeah. So you really, I mean, you just needed goals. A lot of people paid up for Jesus and got three points out of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people paid up for Patuai and got nothing. I mean, like, like Sandro didn't make value. I mean, there's tons of chalk that did not make value. So getting the guy with the one goal, but of course you need both to happen. Right. You need the chalk to die. It's similar to baseball on fading the chalkiest pitcher. That when the chalkiest pitcher at 40% ownership puts up 18 points, like you don't gain anything by fading him. Yes, he didn't put up the 30, 32 that people might have expected from him, but he did enough that your 7K pitcher probably also got 18 points. So it's not like you really didn't gain all that much. But when the the, the high-priced pitcher gets blown up and puts up a, a 2, a negative 6, it's like you gain all that leverage from 40% of the field. Right. That – yeah, all you need is a Vokes goal. Like, if you got it, there's all your leverage, you're done. So, like, this past slate, Vokes scoring once was fine also. Vokes putting up two points wasn't. Right. But the thing is, you weren't you wouldn't have actually been punished as much because Vokes would have put up the same amount of points as Batshuayi. <laughs> Ugh. Batshuayi. Um The highlight of the weekend, though, was uh, fading Kane on a Sunday. And, oh, yeah, uh, Sunday. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it worked. Yeah. Finally. Um, fading Lukaku did not. Why'd you fade Lukaku? Oh, I didn't. I'm just saying if you oh. if you decided to fade Lukaku, that did not work. Well, but but Sunday slate, as we discussed on on the past episode, came down to Erickson clearly being the cash play, mm-hmm. and then once you throw in Kane, you can't have exposure to the other game without it, without it all being crap. So Correct. it's like to me, to me, if I if Kane is goal dependent as it is. And Man United doesn't have a clear cash play, like they re- like they split so much stuff yep. that it's hard to just say I gotta take Juan Mata or I gotta take Daily Blind. It's like everything's up in the air, but you know nothing's up in the air with Tottenham until Ben Davis starts taking corners and then you start throwing things against the wall. <laughs> uh, but Erickson made value. I was gonna say Erickson doesn't does enough otherwise that it's not play, a total right. killer. Right. So it's like if you're gonna you're gonna. That slate, you had to play a goal-dependent player no matter what. Right. So it's like, I'm going to play the goal-dependent player so I don't have... So I'm not stacking Tottenham. Or I'm not stacking Man United. So I'm just going to take... I already have... Eric, Erickson could score as well. So I'll take Erickson, and then I'll take Lukaku. And then you look, and uh, uh, I went I went with the risky option of... I'm just going to assume Rashford is starting. And play him in the forward spot. Mm-hmm. And hope... Uh, without So I'm not playing Dwight Gale. <laughs> forward you know or iosi perez i looked at that i tried to put that together construction i'm like i couldn't live with myself if i'm playing a yosi perez uh, <laughs> so i just i just said i'm i'm putting in i'm putting in rashford and if he's not in i'll just live with the consequences of playing uh andre ayu or marco anatovich mm-hmm. uh for for doing so uh but then but then it worked out because i mean that to me that was the only combination and then you could have you could have punted with uh, Musa Sissoko. Yeah, I mean Tottenham. Had, I mean Kyle Walker Peters was in at twenty five hundred. That was the easy spot. That's easy, yeah. To to, to put in. Uh, but I mean every every other play. I mean I mean I played John Joe Shelby and he gets sent off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, two and, two red cards for you this weekend. Oh, uh, and it, it wasn't even during play. No, it he, wasn't. He nonchalantly yeah. pretended as if he wasn't going to step on Deli Ali's ankle. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, it's, it's but that is classic John Joe. I was going to say the there were all these articles about how he had like turned a corner and he was captain now and all this stuff. He grew up and it didn't. What? Did, how long was he in? Thirty something minutes? Was it? Yeah. And that? he was take and he was taking most and he was taking corners. Yeah, he took corners. Like, yep. Right. I knew I because I they split it if it's if it's on the right side. Richie. Right. We'll take we'll take them. But John Joe was four thousand and Richie was fifty one hundred. So it's like I'm. I need to take a because th- a lot of people I knew were going to go to like Javier Manquillo, like yep. 
use the third team spot on defense. Yep. And I'm like, no, I'd rather pl- I'd rather play a Man United defender that has a clean sheet mm-hmm. live bonus uh, than punt there and then take take a Nemanja Matic, <laughs> something like that. So it's like, no, no, the, the four thousand John Joe Shelby with set pieces, even for Newcastle, like that's worth it enough. And then he puts up, he gets three points, and then it comes off. Yeah. Then it gets a zero. I still did fine in cash. I still I still did fine even with the zero. Yeah. Only because you know you beat out all the when you play Lukaku with the two goals in cash. Uh, you you're not playing against Kane Lukaku. Like cash for Sunday, you rarely saw people that played Kane and Lukaku because. Uh, they would have you lost. Can't, yeah. Well, well, because then you can't play Erickson, who had 26 points, so you didn't gain anything from it anyway. Even if you did, mm-hmm. so I did. I was I was fine anyway. Because Rashford got an assist, it was okay. Yeah. As long as and Kane, Kane almost came close. He At did the end, off the post, yep. and then he was offside. Then it was offside, and I'm like, like the, you know, the DFS gods are trying to do it to me. They're <laughs> trying to. They know it's Sunday. They know it's the, although it is the day of rest. It is never the day of rest for fading Kane on a Sunday. <laughs> well, you're one and zero on that this season. We'll see what happens the next time. Uh, thanks for doing that. This is going to be kind of a regular feature for us this season, kind of the Monday review, mostly cash, but we obviously talk plenty of GPP. So if anyone has any questions that they want us to cover on these, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. You can find Jordan at Blender HD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. And Jordan will talk later this week to preview game week two. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.